0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area, and all the people started coming to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him, so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he bent down and wrote on the ground, and in response, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. The Gospel of the Lord. Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. This gospel is perfect for an engaged encounter weekend. And indeed, all of us came here to this weekend on Friday with some degree of weight of sin on our souls, something that we brought here with us, perhaps like and unlike the woman caught in adultery. The reality is is that all of us have some degree of sin, of weight, that we want to encounter the Lord with and allow His mercy to overwhelm us. Perhaps whatever that sin is, it's been either um, living with each other, some struggle with premarital sex, maybe it's a struggle with chastity, maybe it's a struggle with pornography, maybe it's been that you're not practicing your faith, not going to Mass on Sunday. Maybe your greatest struggle is you think that because of your sins, you deserve to be stoned to death. Whatever that struggle might be, whatever it is that's in the depth of your heart that you've encountered the Lord with this weekend, if you're truly sorry, then indeed hear our Lord Jesus Christ say to you, Neither do I condemn you. But it can't stop there, because love demands change. In order to really experience God's love and mercy, we actually have to be willing to change our lives. Because what does it mean to say, I love you, and then never actually do anything about that? To prove it, to show that it's true. What does it mean to say that I'm sorry, but I still continue to do the thing that hurts you over and over and over again? Our actions will speak louder than our words. We have to back up our words with what we do. And so our Lord Jesus Christ continues to go forward and he says, Go therefore and sin no more. So perhaps there's something that you've learned about your faith this weekend. Maybe there's something you've learned about marriage that you didn't understand before. A deeper understanding of grace and mercy. Whatever it is, it's good. I'm glad you learned it. But if it's just knowledge, it's worthless and no good. Because just knowing something and not doing something with it doesn't actually change our lives. So, you have an important moment at this very Mass. You have something to consider, you have a choice to make. You can just go back to life just like it was before Friday. Go back to life as it was, as if nothing changed, as if you didn't encounter Christ, as if nothing really matters. Or you can make the hard decision. You can actually be transformed by an encounter with Christ. You can choose to change your life, but it is going to be hard. Anyone who tells you change is easy is lying to you. Because the reality is, is you've built up habits before this weekend. Whatever they might be that you probably want to break. But to break a habit requires a lot of strength and a lot of motivation to know why you should change that. Are you willing to make that change? What do you plan to change? One of the biggest things that people go wrong after a retreat is... They make no practical plan to actually change their life. like, yeah, I want to be a better person. I want to be a better uh, friend or, or relative or whatever it might be. I want to be better for my spouse. That doesn't mean anything. What does it mean to be better? One, I'll give you three ways that you can possibly make concrete changes in your life. What is your personal relationship with Christ like? Do you have one? Do you pray every day? Something as simple as three Hail Marys right before you go to bed and three Hail Marys right when you wake up. Tie it to something you do. Something I used to do is every time I got into my car, I said the O Come Holy Spirit prayer. Made sure that I couldn't remember otherwise, but if I tied it to something I did, I remembered every single day. Also, we've got a lot of Catholics here. Do you have a Bible? Does it have a lot of dust on it? Perhaps brush off the dust a little bit and open up to the Gospel of Mark. You have 14 days until Easter. There's 16 short little chapters in the Gospel of Mark. I guarantee you that if you read the Gospel of Mark between now and Easter, about a chapter a day, your Easter will be better, your life will be different. I've not yet met one person who has read those 16 chapters day after day and has not been changed. And I've offered that challenge to a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life. Second thing you could change. Do you pray as a couple? Even a daily hour, Father, is good enough for a start. Kneeling before a crucifix together at some point in your day, in your relationship, on a date, whatever it might be, going to Mass together, and maybe what's best is challenging each other to go to confession. Don't walk into the confessional together, but challenge each other to go with each other. Third, are you struggling with chastity? What will you change? Sleep in separate rooms, sleep in separate houses. Wherever and whenever you are most tempted, are you willing to admit that temptation, that near occasion to sin, and to live life differently? Because if you're not, essentially what you say by your actions is, I love you, to your fiancé, but not more than my pleasure. I love you, but not more than my own desires. I love you, but not your soul, because I'm willing to risk it, for the sake of my selfishness. Now, of course, that's not what we say. That's not how we put it. We always put it under the idea of, no, it's because we love each other. But if you really loved each other, you wouldn't risk each other's salvation. Yet I know that all of this doesn't make much sense if you don't have the proper motivation to make these changes. So you can have the greatest list of things to do, but if you don't know why personally you want to do them, it's pointless. If only we could say with St. Paul, I consider all a loss because of the supreme good of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have accepted the loss of all things and I consider them so much rubbish. But Unfortunately, I know from my own life, we here in America often reverse this because we put pleasure, power, money, selfishness at the center of it all. And we reverse the statement. We say, I consider Christ as loss because of the supreme good of love, of sex, of money, of power, of whatever it is, perhaps even sleep on a Sunday morning. See, we so easily throw away Christ and his promises, his peace, his joy. And it's mostly because we don't know. We don't know who Christ is. Saint Jerome said, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. And ignorance of Christ is the first step to emptiness and despair. I'm sure all of you have been affected by someone who perhaps has contemplated, thought of, or even committed suicide. It's because we've abandoned the only one who can give us hope. So you cannot hear Christ tell you, neither do I condemn you when you think you ought to be stoned if you're never reading sacred scripture and not talking to him in prayer. You can never experience his extreme mercy if you're afraid to walk into that confessional and hear the priest say, I absolve you of your sins. You cannot know true love and true peace if you do not know the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. So starting at this moment of the Mass, starting today, are you willing to hear our Lord Jesus Christ say, Neither do I condemn you. Are you willing to say with St. Paul, Just one thing, forgetting what lies behind. Can you let it all go? Whatever faults and failures you left, you came here with on Friday. Can you let that all go? Don't let it define you moving forward and then strive to moving forward to what lies ahead. I consider my present found to find the goal, the price of God's upward calling in Christ Jesus. My brothers and sisters, you're called to be more, you're called to be saints. Are you willing to accept your title as beloved sons and daughters of a loving God? Are you willing to let him lift you out of the squalor and the sin that you've lived in? Are you willing to let him call you to be the saints you were made to be? Not starting tomorrow, not starting later today, but starting right now. Your father is calling. How will you respond?